reading from Psalms, the 103rd chapter. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame, he remembers that we are dust. O Lord, have mercy on us. A reading from James, the fifth chapter. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it, until it receives the early and late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. But above all, my brothers, do not swear, either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, so that you may not fall under condemnation. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of, the fa of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. A reading from St. Matthew, the eighth chapter. And when Jesus entered Peter's house, he saw his mother-in-law lying sick with a fever. He touched her hand, and the fever left her. And she rose and began to serve him. That evening they brought to him many demons, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He took our illnesses and bore our diseases. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. In the opening words of Psalm 41, King David said, Blessed is the one who considers the poor, 
In the day of trouble, the Lord delivers him. The Lord protects him and keeps him alive. He is called blessed in the land. You do not give him up to the will of his enemies. Those words were the stuff of last week's Ash Wednesday preaching. In that sermon, I emphasized two things for you. First, that all of God's psalms, including Psalm 41, speak about our Lord and his work of salvation. Jesus alludes to this in Luke 24. That is why God included the psalms in his scriptures. They bear witness, said Jesus, about me. That from John 5. Second, because the psalms are about Jesus, they're also about you. You are the baptized of Christ. And when you were baptized, you entered into Christ's holy body just as surely as he entered yours. You and your Christ are now joined together by God and what God has joined together. Therefore, let not man separate. Tonight, as we move forward in our meditations on Psalm 41, I'd like you to bear that very thing in mind. Psalms speak about you because they speak first about Jesus. Your baptismal connection to Jesus Christ can help with these words from Psalm 41. The Lord sustains him on his sickbed. In his illness, you restore him to full health. Now, first and foremost, Jesus is the one whom God the Father sustained on a sickbed. Now, to be sure, the gospel writers never recorded anything about Jesus suffering cancer, feeling the effects of lung disease, catching a cold, or even striking his foot upon a stone. As far as the Gospels are concerned, our Lord was a picture of health. Right up to the moment of his arrest, always healing and never needing to be healed, the human body of Jesus was unblemished and uncorrupted by disease because Jesus had no sin of his own. Disease came into the world as a result of sin, and Jesus is personally sinless. Nonetheless, just because Jesus had no sin of his own, we should not therefore think that he carried no sin at all in his body. He is the Lamb of God who took upon himself the sin of the world, the one who bore our sin, our shame, our infirmities, our sicknesses to the cross. Sinless Jesus was made to be the sinner for our sake. God the Father laid onto his perfect Son every corrupt thing about us. Jesus held himself personally responsible for our guilt. He made himself to be the guilty one so that we could be the blameless and innocent children of God without blemish, as St. Paul says in Philippians chapter 2. That is why the scriptures say, God made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That from 2 Corinthians 5. Because Jesus took upon himself all our sin, he also took upon himself all the bodily effects of our sin, including our diseases and ailments. You might have a bad hip. Well, you can find comfort in knowing that Jesus bore the pain and hobbled for you in his passion. You might have bad lungs. Well, knowing that Jesus suffocated on the cross can help you realize that you're not alone in your breathing problems. Your Lord knows how that feels. Isaiah declared and Peter echoed a promise from God concerning Jesus that shall yet be fulfilled in our bodies. With his wounds, we are healed. That is why David could pray in another place and why we also can pray, even in pain, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit. David said in Psalm 41, 
The Lord sustains him on his sickbed. In his illness, you restore him to full health. These words describe God, the Heavenly Father's personal attentiveness toward Jesus, who is God, the fully embodied Son. In those words that David speaks, the Lord sustains him on his sickbed. I think of a German artist named Matthias Grunewald, who famously painted a picture of our Lord's crucified body, not merely with pierced hands and a pierced side with a spear, but also pockmarked and discolored with a disease called the plague. Grunewald wanted us to think of our Lord's cross as a sickbed, where Jesus suffered for us and for our salvation, bearing both our sin and its bodily consequences. But David's word, as he writes there, sustains, could also be translated as upholds, which is a synonym there. God said through his prophet Isaiah, Behold my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. That from Isaiah 42. Some ancient artists depicted God the Father present at the crucifixion of our Lord. In those depictions, the Heavenly Father would sometimes be positioned above and behind our Lord's cross, arms outstretched toward Jesus, holding his son's sacrificial body in place against the beam. If you want a closer look at that very thing, you can look at my crucifix later. It's that very image. Thus God the Father upheld and sustained the incarnate Son on his sickbed, as it were. When King David said, in his illness you restore him to full health, stated another way, God raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. That from 1 Peter 1. In the resurrection of our Lord, God the Father restored full health to his Son, setting him free from the weight of our sin and the burden of our disease. The resurrection of our Lord's flesh promises resurrection also to our flesh because he made himself one with us. That is why Job confidently prayed, After my skin has been thus destroyed, yet in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold. See, because Psalm 41 is about Jesus, the same psalm is also about you, the baptized of Christ. David said, for the purpose of your abiding faith and eternal hope, the Lord sustains him or her, that is, the Lord sustains each of his chosen ones on each person's sickbed. In each Christian's illness, you, O Lord, restore him or her to full health, that being a paraphrase of verse 3. Now David's sustain or uphold is a beautiful word full of comfort. Jesus of Nazareth is the hand and word of the Lord of hosts. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord exalts from Psalm 118. Your right hand upholds me, Psalm 63. Your Christ knows how to sustain with a word him who is weary, Isaiah 50. So I'll ask you, are you at this moment a picture of health? Well, if you are, you did not reach that temporary state through your own effort or strength. The God of Israel Psalm 68 says, He is the one who gives power and strength to his people. Is anyone among you sick? You did not get that way because of some accidental oversight in the heavenly realms or because your Lord God has forgotten you. If you are sick, it has been allowed by the attentive grace and overflowing mercy of our God who gives power to the faint and increases strength, as Isaiah writes in chapter 40. Even when we suffer in our bodies and struggle in our minds, Jesus is sweetness to the soul and health to the body. We read that one from Proverbs, 13, or Proverbs 16. 
Finally, has your dear Christian loved one died in the faith and departed this life? His illness was not his death, and her disease did not claim her life. As Jesus said, this child is not dead, but sleeping. Mark chapter 5. Now, why is it that we can say those words? How? Because David's words in Psalm 41 are faithful and true. The Lord sustains you on your sickbed. In your illness, he restores you to full health. And in that, we can have comfort. Eternal and everlasting comfort in the risen Christ will raise us even as he is risen on the last day. In the name of Jesus, amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Let your blessing be upon us, Heavenly Father, as we pass through these holy days in which we remember the sufferings and death of our dear Lord. Grant that his holy example be ever before us, that we follow him in willing obedience, learn his gracious humility, and being filled with his love and spirit of self-sacrifice, learn the lessons of a life pleasing to you and helpful to all people. Through him who loved us and gave himself for us, even Jesus Christ our Lord. Thank you.